0: Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I am here with Gary Lee. Hello, Gary. How are you?
1: Hi, alright, Thank you. I have my glass ready.
0: Awesome. What are you drinking today?
1: I I, I, I want a Sampos, so I've got a Chateau Nerve to pap.
0: Oh, fancy. Are we fancy because it's Christmas? Because obviously I've outdone you with the whole Christmas hat.
1: Yeah, I, I don't look Christmas. I feel really bad that I didn't put a Christmas jumper on. But no, it's 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 uh, genuinely. It was it was on offer as I walked home from school. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, that'll sound you know, really good on the podcast."
0: Picked, yeah, picked my kids up from school, realised I'm not surviving this without wine, and grabbed a really decent wine basically that that, that's pretty much it times it 100% that so I am all festive because I have already confessed to Gary so I'll confess to you guys as well this is not my first gin and I'm probably going to out myself throughout I've been on a um a client's Christmas zoom party and this is number three so this might be quite a festive episode I've already been throwing the f-bombs at Gary throughout our pre-record little chat so Let's just see how this goes and just enjoy the episode. Anyway, Gary, what is your business called and what do you do?
1: My business is called 33% and we have two sides, but both of them help small businesses, small business owners get control of marketing and their business. That's the really short answer, but probably it will be better if I expand on that. So um, I quit my old business in well I I said I was leaving in January I didn't leave till July because I had a long extended period which meant I left in the middle of COVID which was interesting. Uh, I know you don't I I, I genuinely had these great I've been there 19 years I've run it for the last seven so I had these great ideas of going off for you know weeks on end of just chilling out and as we've discussed going running in various places and, and just generally relaxing and then of course couldn't go anywhere. But um, and I wasn't going to do anything for six months. Genuinely, wasn't. And then uh, I had nothing else to do, so I set up a business with my uh, one of my best friends. We both had a similar passion. I part of the reason that I left my old business is because I wanted to work with small businesses with I have a bit more meaning. I used to work with some really great clients, massive corporates like Sainsbury's and JD Sports and wonderful brands. But making them seven million pounds extra doesn't it, that means nothing to them it's so, not going to um, get one
0: of the kids a new pair
1: of football boots they they not they they're just like oh, that's really good well done that was it you know whereas you do anything we you know we started working with a few smaller businesses and you could just see the difference it made so i just decided i'll go off and work with different sorts of people so that's what we did so our mission was to just work with small business owners because both of us james had run a um marketing agency for 11 years so and his clients had grown, got gradually bigger but so we both knew that actually small businesses, it's not it's not rocket science. What the big brands do is is kind of there's just they're no great secrets to it. It's just that most small business owners are just a bit ignorant and a bit they don't have the time. And that was that yeah. was the main thing. So we sort of set up two sides of the business. One side is is consultancy and helping. So like with a charity at the moment, we're helping write a marketing strategy for. We're about to start in January, hopefully with a architects. Yeah, we call them an architects. So they're sort of design architects um, and help them do a business transformation because they're going for a whole change. So that's great and that's good. But actually the bit that's exciting for us is we've been developing workshops and we have just launched a course this week, which is downloadable and is just all about how to get a control of marketing, how to keep it simple. We we'll try to do it so you can do it in 30 minutes a day. That's the idea because most small business owners don't have the time to do marketing. As much as, you know, it's been my life for 20 years. Marketing and technology, I kind of have to recognize that the rest of the world doesn't want to spend 24 7 just on marketing and they don't, they've got a whole business to run. Um, so as a result, we've tried to do it so well. Okay, learn the little secrets you need to do, the quick things to make things easier and fun for you. So that's, that's what we do. That's the longer version.
0: <laughs> well, no, it's the very concise uh, version and it makes complete sense to me. Because I run my own business, so I completely get that. Yes. Is there a niche that you're into? Have you do you you know funnel your efforts towards a certain type of business? What makes you happy?
1: We have to have a niche because we tell everybody else they have to have a niche. So it'd be terrible mm-hmm. if we didn't. <laughs> it's like lesson number two: learn your niche. Yeah. Uh, we did. We did a brilliant one the other day. I, I have to. Sorry, I'm going off track, but it was it was a really cool one. There's a graphic designer. She. Um, she got furloughed so she just went all her friends just said to her look you're brilliant Let's just do it for a bit and see what happens so she did and she's she's really really good but she was main she was doing it mainstream she was just doing to everybody and um we chatted for about an hour and then suddenly she just showed us a picture of this really i mean i've got to say quite frankly quite scary piece of artwork she'd done and she just started going on about the fact she's just a massive horror fan she's shooting okay. to the genre and she started talking about the fact she'd been on these forums. She's like quite big on them. People know her. And then she just shared the picture one day and it blew up and everybody was asking for copies. And the two of us were just on the call or just looking at each other, like, you know, how you can look at each other on a Zoom call. So it was a bit <laughs> weird. But we're kind of like going, she doesn't realise. Like, that. just do that. Don't do the other stuff. So we we just spent another hour with her just talking about doing a niche. Getting on, like, she's she's got invited on, like, the biggest horror podcasts in the country and stuff like that and she can and so that you know so she's like set up a whole new brand so she's kept the other business but she set up a whole separate brand just for horror art
0: i have this conversation so often with all of my clients because like i so i'm a surveyor i i negotiate leases for for businesses but i specialize in negotiating um leases for salon owners because I, I know everything about their business. So the, and the, you know, the two heaviest costs for running a business are your premises costs and your staff costs. So uh, me knowing everything about the, I know all of their pain points. I know, you know, everything that they're going to come across, everything they throw at me. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So it's an obvious niche to me. It's, it's you know, brilliant. Blah, blah, blah. And every single one of my salon owners, they'll say to me, You know, I want to do this for the business. And I'm like, who's your niche? And they're like, oh, no, I I will just do anything for everyone. And I'm like, no, you won't. There is somebody who will walk into your business and that will make you shine. And you'll go, that's the one person in this world that I want to always treat. I want to always do their hair. I want to always do their nails. I want to always give them a massage. And that's the person you are always marketing towards. And that's the person you're always striving to please because they make your business What makes you
1: happy? You're almost doing my job for me. This is brilliant. That's exactly true.
0: Because It's unbelievable. You must hear it every single day because I know I do and I'm not even in marketing. I hear constantly, oh, but then there'll be less clients. And I'm like, no, there won't. Because people come to me because I'm the expert in negotiating leases for salon owners. I've never heard another surveyor even have a niche, let alone niche in salon owners. Never. Exactly. Never. So every salon owner goes, Denise negotiated my lease for me. D- Denise did my rent review. D- did, and it, they all speak to each other. I and mean, it's not like I can't do it. For I've just done one for, um, you know, a, a warehouse and I've just done another one for, a, you know, a soft play center. It's not like I can't do it for other people it's fine but my joy the thing I strive for the thing that I love doing is you know the new salon that I've just taken on in Solcombe. I go to Solcombe every year on holiday I love it there <laughs> my husband used to own a house there when a Solcom hair salon came to me and said wow will you negotiate at least for me I was like do you know wow. how I do it for close free. <laughs> you are you know. do you know how close I was to saying free because not only is she a salon owner, and I fucking love Solcombe, she also is moving to the Isle of Skye to run a and b I was like, well, I will be coming on holiday there, regardless of what else happens. <laughs> so get ready for that and stock up on the gin. But, oh my God, I'm coming down to wow. Solcombe for you to physically sign the lease. And then I'm going off on holiday. Like, just, th- you know, you, you know, and you're going to explain it to everyone far more concisely than I am. But when you start in business, you just think if I'm everything for everyone, then I'm going to have such an opportunity to yep. have so many more clients. And you just don't realize how much of it is about actually repelling the people that you can't work with like we spoke before I came online and I said you know I just allergic to dickheads and I physically cannot ever take on a client that that I I just can't it's not my personality as you can tell I'm very forthright I speak my mind this is who I am and all of my clients love it because that's just what they want they want that type of person if you want, you know, a boring, grey, middle-aged man to be your surveyor, then there are thousands of them. Please go and find them. But that's not, you wouldn't ever come to me if that's what you're looking for. And once you are confident and comfortable in yourself in that way, running your business, you understand so much more how important having a niche is and how important living your niche is. That, Don't that's you,
1: how you, enjoy, you, do. you do. That's how you enjoy your job. That you know, what? that's like like I said. The reason I the reason I left my old job is because I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't because I wasn't paid extremely well. Because I was, I, I can tell you now, I do not earn as much money now as I used to, but I enjoy it a lot more. And you're right. I, I mean, I said earlier, didn't I? Um, uh, sales in sales, sometimes you have to talk to people you don't like. I don't have to anymore because I because it's just, it's just me and James. We only work with people we want to work with. If we yeah. if we we've said it twice, we've had two meetings where we've gone we've got into them. And we've just gone. We don't like them. We'll come out of it, and what we'll do is the cla- we do the classic trick: we just treble the price.
0: <laughs> so we don't Dick have to tax. say
1: no to them.
0: We don't have to say head no to them. Tax.
1: If they are willing to pay three times the rate, then do you know what? I'll suck it up for that. But but no one ever does. No one's going to pay three times the price. So you just put off the people you don't want to work with. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the,
1: the great de- the danger. This is this is the way you describe to people why they shouldn't work with everybody. Because if everybody's your client. Uh, so is your customer? That means every single marketing platform is your platform that you have to nail because because at some point they cross over them. So if you don't have three ideal customers, that means you don't have four platforms you work on. And and we always do this thing that I think is twenty eight different marketing platforms. There is more, but there's they, let's say there's twenty eight. If you're if you're trying to perfect all twenty eight, you know you, you hear these stories of people that, like you, we talked to someone and they were like, oh yeah, I've got I've got you know. I've, I've really done well this week. I've got a couple of posts on Facebook. I've got my Twitter sorted out and and we've done a couple of pictures that have gone Instagram. And then, and then she said, oh, I haven't done anything on Pinterest for a while. I must get back to Pinterest. And then by the time she's gone to the third week, she's forgotten to go back to Facebook. And it's just like, do one or two things really, really well. Don't do 28 things crap because that's what you end up doing.
0: I, I can yourself. be, yeah, I can be a slave for that. I mean, I'm really lucky now because I've got, Uh, So I concentrate on the UK salon owners Facebook group and Claire, my um, partner, she concentrates on the UK salon owners Instagram because they are two completely different beasts. The Instagram, it's pictures, it's, you know, showing your work, it's, you know, amazing transformations and stuff like that. And she'll look through them and, you know, repost amazing things and get hashtag challenges going and stuff like that, which is great. But on the Facebook group, it's so much more about nurturing and about advice and about support about the whole of the business. Not just about whether or not you've done, you know, an amazing balayage or whether or not you've done some, you know, amazing acrylic nails. It's totally about the holistic approach to business. Like, yeah, you know, oh, my God, you know, here, here comes another... like i mean, in Hertfordshire we've just gone into tier three again and you know oh my god you know do I have to close your salon and we're like no here's the advice but it, it's just a completely different beast so yeah I was that person who was on all platforms for all people and it's so hard it's like a constant hamster wheel and I just kept falling off the hamster wheel because it's exhausting now having you know two people doing it separately because they are completely separate beasts it's just so much easier
1: yeah no we we we, we've pretty much done the same i i am i'm facebook and twitter james is instagram and we keep the things quite separate and then but they are separate platforms they are they're totally different yeah you do i think the thing is that also that People go this assumption, they pick a platform based on the fact that, oh, our, our, um, our business isn't very visual. So we, sh- we 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 shouldn't be on Instagram. It makes no sense. It doesn't matter about you. It matters about them. If all your customers are on Instagram, then you damn well make a way to make you visual. And if, if you're just about numbers and written words, then it's pretty 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 picture in the background and stick a quote over the top of it there you go you're off and running it's not yes. it's not the thing is it's not rocket science it's really really simple
0: what would be your three top tips for someone to get their marketing right for their business their small business
1: I'll follow I'll follow a process we do number one I know we've said it a few times now but you have to know who your customers so yeah. you have to know them give them but don't just that's not just going there you know they're 30 18 to, 50 to
0: 64. Time.
1: Oh, James is brilliant at this. I, I'm not as belligerent as him. So we, when we do, we do an exercise, and we, we call it building the audience avatar. So we say to someone, okay, we're going to go through, we'd, we'd already done by this point, we've done an exercise of going needs, pains, desires, role models, fine. So we, we've got a picture of who your customer is, we're going to actually build them now. Because at the end of it, we're actually going to give them a face. So so people people come away with an image, and they're supposed to put it up in the wall, so every time they go, right, well, I've got to write something today, I look, and you have to know that person as well as know your best mate because when yep. you go down the pub if you haven't seen them for a month for probably for these reasons because of the lockdown, or you or you spot yep. to them every single day. You never dry up. You don't know what you don't struggle. Oh, what am I going to say to them today? What am I going to You don't. It's not a problem. So you have to know them as well as that. So you start by that. And we do. We always go right to how old are they? And they're like, oh, they're probably 30 to 40. No, how old are they? They are a person. Exactly. What is
0: their date of birth? 42.
1: There you go. We're off. We're off and running. Yeah. And you end up, you give them a name. Yeah. Valerie and Paul. Okay. Valerie and Paul, me and James is two the images and we know them we've got them i mean valerie and paul they put their images on shutterstock so they don't know we they're our best friends but they're up on our walls (laughs) but Um, we
0: look for them and we hope we'll find them one day
1: oh that would be spooky wouldn't it
0: can (laughs) you imagine walking (laughs) into like waitrose on saturday morning and going (gasps) i
1: I can tell you now valerie's not going to be in waitrose because she she is is. we've got the profile very wrong uh paul Paul could definitely be in word shows. I'd, I'd, right. be, I'd be upset if I found him in Asda. Put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, yeah, Paul's, Paul's Paul, but he's, he aspires. Paul aspires running his own business. But that's the whole point. I can now, I joke, but I can tell you the things I think about Paul. Yep. What Paul listens to. You know, Paul listens to four Podcasts a week because that's how he consumes this sort of stuff. He yep. he, he He goes on Twitter, but he, he hates going on Twitter. He's on it because he has to, but actually the people on it annoy him. So, it's that kind of thing. I know about him. So, I can, so I can, when I write something. Well, I mean, there is a reason. Paul is a little bit like me. That is the only thing. But you have to try and not be your own customer. But it's hard sometimes.
0: So, there are elements of my ideal client in me, but there are, there are such stark differences as well. So, I love that when people go through their kind of ideal client experience and they, you know they have so many similarities, but it's the differences that are far more fascinating to me. Yes, yes.
1: yeah, absolutely. And Paul, to a certain extent, Paul is me about fifteen years ago. I always look huh? and go, "I wish I had, I wish I had." Uh, and don't, I hope he doesn't watch this, but I wish, I wish I'd met James fifteen years ago because then I would have run my business differently. But that's a whole different discussion. But you wouldn't
0: have though because you wouldn't have the experience. No, he wouldn't have that
1: fifteen years ago. No, and he, to be honest, fifteen years ago he wouldn't have had the experiences he's got so you know it's it's a yin and yang thing isn't it that you have to have these things so so we so we we know who our customer is we know we're really clear on them um that does help you understand what platforms are on but i'll leave that out for now the next key thing for me is what do you talk about you have to know because because particularly for small business owners because they don't have time to think every morning oh god what am i going to write about so we do a venn diagram because i'm a sucker for a venn diagram i love a venn diagram i like Um, venn
0: diagram.
1: But I, I, I'm a, I'm a maths geek, so I love, I love, I love anything. Oh,
0: I me can, too. I
1: can pretend to be mathsy. Uh, I, I, I like, I do marketing and sales, and I've run businesses. None of which feels like my math degree was any use to me. <laughs> I,
0: oh, <laughs> but, no, I didn't go to degree level. Jesus, wept, No.
1: No, it, it was great. I enjoyed it, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not really. Yeah, uh, everybody else I know has done accountancy or something to do with numbers somewhere, but not me. Uh, so, so we're we're, we're um,
0: valuation, I guess, but no. Yeah, yeah, you You've got numbers
1: yeah. in this. I mean, look at yeah. the end of the day, you run a business, you have to be able to use numbers. Well,
0: the right. reason I'm a surveyor is because I loved three things. I loved construction because I come from a big Irish family that were all into construction. I love. I was a maths geek. Absolutely loved it. And I love law. You know, if there's if there is, uh, you know, any sort of legal standpoint, believe me, I will wrap you in that paperwork. Sticking those three things together. Property surveyor. Da da. Venn diagram. Venn diagram. See, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And is it so, my face in between. <laughs> yeah, there, there, really be great, there really be isn't. There really isn't a... every grey middle-aged man <laughs> in between yeah. and then me. There's not
1: the tip. You're, you're definitely not the typical. No, but, that, I am but, not. but again, that's why you got your niche. Yeah. Um, so so our, This Venn diagram has everything you love talking about, because if you don't like talking about it, you won't be engaging. Mm-hmm. Everything that your company or you, because a lot, most, and you asked about my niche, it's mainly single, you know, people running, working for themselves. Uh, what are you or what is your company really, really good at? What makes it special? And then the final one, which is the most important one, because we keep saying it, uh, what about people? What do people want to listen to? It's about them, not about you. So you take those three things, you get a little center circle. We've got nine of them. We did, me and James did this exercise. We have nine what we call subjects of influence, things that we talk about, that we're good at, and people want to hear about. If you have that, then you can write about stuff. And then the writing about stuff is actually not as hard as people think. So you come up with
0: how do you so how do you sell that? Because I I say write like you're talking to your bestie. Write in your words the way you would say it to your bestie.
1: Yeah, because because your bestie is your ideal customer, because you've just yeah. done that. So again, you're writing to Paul and you're writing to Valerie. Don't write to anybody else, just write to Paul and Valerie.
0: But say All it the way go. you would speak to them. So yeah. so many people fall into the trap of of speaking like they think a surveyor should speak or anything like that. I wouldn't. If you They're came to me and you. said, yeah, if you came to me and said, Denise, I want to lease a, a, a new office, I wouldn't go. Well, you know, uh, the rent valuation should be this and the yield should be this. I'd be like, right, cool. Why do you want? Do you know what I mean? Like there would be. I would. I wouldn't speak in the way that you would think I would speak. It would be such a more fluid exercise that you know because normal people speak to each other like normal people
1: so this is where people don't understand brand someone says brand to you and they think oh logo colors. And all this yeah col- what oh, color? oh oh i've so many hours with clients just going what, what tone of orange are we going with oh my word it doesn't matter it will make you no sales um brand is about personality it's about values it's about who you are so once you've decided what your brand is, because it's you, then that's how you have to talk. That's your tone of voice. Your tone of voice is, you, do an, you can easily do an exercise. I am fun, but I'm not sarcastic. I am brave, I but I'm not a I'm hero. definitely sarcastic. Oh, I, I, this is why I use the example. Um, but that, that's the whole point. You do that and then you know who you are, but you don't have to do it because it's you. So you yeah. talk as you talk to the person that you've built up.
0: Yeah, and I say it the same way as I say to my children. If you never lie, you never have to remember. If you always talk the way you talk, you never have to remember. Because you don't. You don't have to turn it on. You, yeah, you don't have to turn anything on. You literally think. Yesterday, I helped Sarah with her to lease out her new salon in Solcombe. It was the best conversation I've ever had. I'm going to write a post about that, and you can write it like that in three seconds because it happened and it was real and it was amazing and it's done.
1: Yeah, I I, I so this uh, about eleven o'clock this morning we did a we did a webinar, uh, and one of my oldest friends who I've known for about twenty two years joined. He was listening. Uh, and I didn't know he was I didn't know because he signed up quite last minute. So I didn't know he was on. And then he pinged me afterwards and said. Uh, oh, by the you know,
0: way, you're not allowed to use the word ping again. Oh, OK. Yeah. No. Is no it ping-ing. just
1: is one and out? Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, also if you know asked to
0: talk to me offline. Similar situation. Oh,
1: no. God. No, that's fair enough. No, yeah, no, no. My, my my one is 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 if anybody asks me, well, if we've got traction. That's the point. <laughs> <where I laughs> yes, bring.
0: we have right now. Off. goodbye. off. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he 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 let he, he went. You you've got a you've got a webinar voice. I was like, what do you mean? He went your voice changes. I went, it's not this. As I said, I do I know what this is. This is this is what my wife calls my phone voice. Yeah, but he's but he what he said to me is that you you say and speak exactly as you would normally. Nothing changes. You you know you're as an idiot as much of an idiot joking <laughs> and everything else. There's nothing serious about anything we do. But your voice you just your tone your voice is just slightly different and I don't and and the thing is I don't even you you don't know you're doing it yourself no. I listen back to recordings and I just think do I sound like that and my wife goes no you don't normally sound like that but yeah. that's how you sound when you when you pick up the phone and you as soon as you pick up the phone you just you're like I'm chatting to her because we have to share an office which in itself is horrific small. it's it's hard work but yeah. you know we, we've we've managed it and then and then suddenly I'm like oh the phone pick it up and suddenly I just, I just, apparently I just switch.
0: Yeah, uh, my children like to replay my voice to me. Hi, it's Denise from Fine Surveyors. I'm like, I do not sound like that. They're like, oh, yes, you do. Hi, it's Denise from Fine
1: She could tell if I'm talking to a client. Or I'm just chatting to James. On oh a, yeah. On a, but because she's just like, yeah, I can tell you to James' voice. This is just, yeah. just you. This is just you. Whereas if if it, if I can hear you speaking in a certain way, I won't shout up. Do you want a cup of tea?
0: I wonder so, what she would say when we're talking right now. I th-
1: I, mean, I I honestly like probably because of this. I think I I don't think my voice is. I, I doubt I have put my. Doesn't feel like I've got my podcast voice on. No,
0: definitely uh, not. Sorry. We, when
1: we when we record a podcast voice, I I do. I do. I do tend to get a little bit, and then and then it it changes over time because as soon as you start saying silly things, you can't keep a serious voice anyway. So no.
0: it's really it's hard to keep like any sort of level of professionalism when I'm one already half cut and two making you have a drink in order to continue the conversation. That, anyway. I presume that's the point of doing it, isn't it? You Absolutely. Beat, so the offensive. reason, well, what? Yeah, that. But the reason behind the um, the name for the podcast is because. When we were, you know, sorting out the whole business and everything, they said, you, you know, you'll need to have a podcast as well, and I and I was like, well, I'm not doing that without alcohol, and that was like, okay, cool, and then it just went from there, and I was like, well, I'm going to interview businesses, and I'm going to ask them, you know, all the questions that I want to ask them, and we're going to have a drink over it, and I'm just going to be myself, and that's just how it's going to be, and they were like, well, just do that then, and I was like, at some point, someone's going to stop me from doing. Somebody stop me. Hold on a minute. We're over a year in, and I'm still like effing and jeffing and drinking with everyone and loving it. But think
1: about it old school, old school lunches, the old boys' network was always oh, out, out of a whiskey, wasn't what? it?
0: That is the only thing I miss from being that type of surveyor. That I used to go, I mean, I was paraded out like a little doll and it's, as it's if it's
1: the girl, it's the girl, it's
0: there's a girl, <laughs> I know, as if. I would I are you joking I can day drink with the best of people you parade me out to any lunch you want and take me to some fancy London restaurant I'm okay I'll be having a couple of wines and a couple of gins and I will still be making at home on my train thanks very much I was I didn't care at all about being objectified in those days now I'd be like, don't you dare try and use my sex again. I mean, it never worked anyway, because I'd always say whatever I thought, and I just they just thought I was hilarious because I don't think they'd ever met anyone quite as outspoken as I am, and I've just never changed. I, I think, they
1: just think people with that kind of outward nature don't get into that sector.
0: Maybe. But you know, it's kept me in shoes for 15 years, so I think I'll Keep going. Uh, look, so, my, tell me, sorry, yes. what made you get into this business? From maths to this, why?
1: Uh okay. Um, I, I, so it was. So, I, I, I was a analyst. That was what I did at the start of my career. I was an analyst. I was in retail for the now sadly dead Tyrac. Um I was. I was. Is tyrak dead? Yes. Yes. Oh. It is no more. Sorry to sorry I to mean, say that.
0: I didn't think I mean, it had any longevity to it ever anyway, but sure. It
1: lasted a long, it's lasted. Yes. It, was, it was ridiculous. It was 420 odd stores at one point around the world. Um, but yes, so so I started there. I was I was a forecaster, did numbers, worked out what they should buy, trends, that kind of stuff. That led me into e-commerce. So I, I went through the, I had the 12 month startup situation where we, I think we had a startup that it was a pet portal, basically. And I don't know I don't know if your age or your knowledge of tech bombs, but there was pets.com in America, which is one of the biggest, most famous bust and booms in the very early days. So Absolutely they Absolutely
0: not. No idea. They had, what this, you're they had about.
1: this hideous puppet thing. It was just awful. But anyway, they they so they were massive and loads of money. So they basically chucked a load of money at these people in the UK to set up a UK arm of it, which was called PetsBot.com. And I was brought on board to what at the time was they called it a merchandising but in actual fact if you look back on it now it was basically a commerce manager and and i just spent 12 months half of the time sleeping in the office <laughs> we we like it, it was the classic situation so I, I remember one day when um we we suddenly discovered that the bbc was going to film us as because it was all about dot coms and it was all trendy and everything else uh and we told them uh, that we would be going live so they could film us through the whole process. And then I said, that's absolutely brilliant. We'll be there in three weeks. We were very much not three weeks away from going live. So we basically lived in the office and we went alive on time. I mean, as good as you can go live, you know, bugs everywhere, but no one cares. So I've been through all that. That was an incredible experience. Really enjoyed it. That just happened to, I lived with a guy uh, for three years, I think. And I was doing this. I was, I was doing my work at Tyrac and then I was doing this. Uh, and he was, I, I couldn't tell you where he was before, but he then turned to me, we were in the pub one day. And I just said, I think I'm going to go because I don't think they're going to be long for this world. They've got, you know, basically they had four vets on call and uh, I think they had nine in the marketing team. And then I was the only person that was actually selling anything. So, like the balance was wrong. So I knew i knew it wasn't going to survive. And he just said, oh, we and we were drunk at a pub. We lived in Kingston together. And he just said, um, what is it you actually do? We'd lived together for three years by this point. And I, and I went, so I explained what we did, and I said. And by this point, I'd moved on to web analytics, and I was doing a lot of that. And I so I, I sort of explained what I did, and then I explained about web analytics. He went, I work, I work for a UK web analytics company. I went, is that what you do? He went, yeah. He goes, do you want to come and work for us? There was there were, there were like there were five people at that point. Uh, I went, well, I don't know. Let's go and find out. So I, I the next night, I went and met uh, the owner. Uh, the thing, uh, my interview was in a pub. Uh, All the best ones the, are. I had no idea if I was getting the job. At the end of the night, Paul, Paul, when he was leaving, just went, when can you start again? I can't remember if I asked you. I was like, you didn't ask me. Uh, I think I can probably start in a week because I don't think I had a major contract. But that was it. So that got me into, that's how I got into, it was web, web analytics that led on to email because we bought an email company, we bought a usability company, so on and so forth. The history of Red Eye is quite long. I won't bore you with that. But I, like I said, I, in January, I um, I decided I'd been running the company for seven years. I decided that it was enough. I think that's a long enough stint. I needed to do something fresh. So I quit, ended up quitting in the middle of a pandemic, unbeknownst to me. I, We started this business because we wanted to do something different. We wanted to have impact. We wanted to work yeah. with people where, where when we did something, it meant something. So I mentioned Faye earlier and the graphic design, the comments she sent back to us i mean you've got to be a pretty strong willed guy to not feel the emotion of that because it she's on furlough
0: it's so different isn't it yeah it's so different different. i i'm exactly the same so i used to work for landlords you know and and major landlords like you, you you were talking big companies before you know like nhs and government and everything like that and 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 making their money felt amazing but it was always at the expense of small businesses and and I compensated it in my head by saying that I was bringing business bringing money into the whole economy because largely it was for you know government organizations so it was going back into the economy and it and that made me feel better but I knew that I was lying to myself. I knew that I was just trampling on all the small businesses because they didn't have the level of support that I could give them. And going and starting and helping small, like the tenants and small businesses and stuff like that, it just... Felt right it just felt amazing as soon as you're helping somebody especially like because I was a single mum at that point and I as soon as you know it's a salon owner who's you know ran the business for five years not really making any profit she's a single mum. she's trying to fight left right and center to make everything work and I'm like you know instantly you know save her nine grand a year make her go into profit just is not the set like I used to I used to make the government hundreds of millions of pounds every year. It, it's not the same feeling I get No. than helping a small, but it's nothing like it. Nothing like it.
1: No, no. The, 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 uh, and it's like, it's like charities. We never worked with charities because we couldn't afford to. But yeah. now like, that's it's really, the weird thing about working with charities is that you do have to, uh, I've got a very hunter gatherer sales mode. I have to have on, I used to have to have on a lot in my old job. And I, we, just this morning, we got first draft of this marketing proposal. And, and not many comments, but it's really pleased where you're going with it. And then there's this comment, and I put something, I forget what it was, but it was attack something. It was about attacking a market space. And they said, Can we not use the word attack? Can we use the word target? And it's just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You have to still got to switch your mind, but it's it's. I, I just found it really sweet, and I kind of went, "Yeah, that's fine. That that that's yeah. you know." And I get it. And, I think
0: and- I caveat all interactions with my clients before I start and just say, everything I say is not meant quite literally. Like if I go, <laughs> yeah, like super passionate, just ride that wave because it doesn't mean I'm literally going to kill someone. It's like
1: we're gonna do this
0: it's just about making your business amazing it's nothing to do with like trampling on someone else it's just about it's you know it's just the energy you need you need that energy to kind of fulfill the brief for somebody else especially you know now you're the same as me I don't have one or two clients I have you know you know tens and you know hundreds of, of clients because it's not one NHS organization I'm you know making hundreds for it's like every you know single little Little, little ones yeah yeah, so I need to feel that energy constantly for all different companies so it's it's just so important to kind of have that camaraderie have that level of understanding that when I say attack what I actually mean is target what I actually mean is you know I love what you do you know yeah we
1: want to make money for you because you're going to give that money to more needy people that's that's you know that's we're doing it not we're not that's the beauty is I'm not doing it to lie in anybody's pockets I'm doing it to in the case of the charity for someone's you know betterment but and with a small business it's about you know it does make a big difference to them the other thing honestly is just I'd been running a business for a long time but I'd never personally started anything from scratch and I ah. wanted that feeling so I've you know I've I've run three different businesses I've You know, I've okay. I've started. I've been in the very early stages, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't mine. I took a. I took a business on that was quarter of a million and turned it into fifteen million. Great. I've done that, but that's not the same as it was my embryonic idea right at the start. So that that was just super enjoyable as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I've been doing it since I was six years old, and just you know if you see entrepreneur in a dictionary it's got you know much like next to the picture of surveyors it's got my face like I've just I was the girl selling friendship bracelets in the playground and stuff like that just is who I've always been I'd love to know kind of what gene pool you need to be to be that sort of crazy person I think I think essentially what it is for me is that I just I'm utterly unemployable and I have to be I have to work for myself because nobody else could put up with this drama <laughs> anyway Gary back to yes. your business where can everyone find you if they need your help
1: uh this I'm gonna say this wrong but James says oh
0: good because I say it wrong every week
1: so it, it's I can say the the, the address is easy because it's thirty three percent dot UK but mm-hmm. he always says it it's all the words no it's it's all the letters no numbers. That's 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 the thing. Oh. That's how we always signs it off. So so it's easy for people to remember. It's thirty three percent. All the letters, and no numbers.
0: all the letters and no numbers. numbers. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably best that
1: you put the link below. Yeah. It, somewhere down there. Yeah. But it, yeah. yeah. Thirty. If if you look up thirty three percent, if you type all those words into Google, you will find us. It's fine. Uh, and you'll probably do the same if you if you do it in LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever else it is. But yeah. Awesome. Well, that's that's where amazing. You find us
0: cool so we end the podcast with the eight mile moment so i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me i make that abundantly clear i also love eminem and i love the movie the eight mile he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him so gary i know the film yes what are the worst things about you
1: um okay based on a conversation we had before we started I'll Uh tell you the worst things about my son which I know are also the worst things about me
0: oh yeah Uh, we we both share a child not together separately who uh, (laughs) resemble the worst things about us
1: yes okay so I can I absolutely can be an absolute know-it-all yeah I, I know I absolutely know that's about me I am I am the person that subtly drops in things all the time and even when i'm doing it and i'm annoyed myself for doing it i'm still doing it all Right, so so if you hit on a subject i know about i will bore people to death i admit it i know it
0: oh my god um, are you the guy at the like dinner party remember those things that people just gravitate away from when they some certain subject starts
1: it, it could happen if it's a certain subject i don't I, I i don't think they're on subjects that people hate, hopefully. I'm not like I'm not a bore on I don't get into I don't bore on politics. Oh. Um, I have I have politics. I, I have I have my own views on politics, but I, they're not the thing I talk about. I keep that quite separate because of that exact reason. Yeah, I think. Um but wisely yeah, we should do that subjects. about that and COVID yes. and all yes. other things. Yeah, all other things to do with conspiracy theories and everything else. Oh, yeah, do yeah don't think? don't even get me going. Um my my yeah, I, my wife works in the pharmaceutical industry, so um,
0: Oh, so she knows yeah, that she... kevin on facebook knows more about it than she does yeah
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah, cool. yeah. it's always it's always a joy so so there's definitely that uh my, my most of my friends would say that if i remind them one more time that i got a master's degree they'll probably kill me because it seems to somehow <laughs> drop into conversation all the time because <laughs> for some reason i think my master's degree is more important than their geography degree which of course it is i mean, uh, it is i think mean, yeah,
0: you're I mean, right clearly much but harder, there's no know? need to ram that down people's throats
1: which apparently I did quite a bit, I think. Um, so those are probably two. And, and if you really want a really bad habit, and I've specifically tried not to do it throughout this entire podcast, uh, I, I pick at my beard and it's really irritating. <gasps> and Most people hate it. And I, and, I, I, I grew I, do you know what? I, I never had a beard. I've always I had a beard when I was at university. And so at university, I had hair down halfway down my back. I had five earrings and oh, wow. a massive ginger beard. And then I went to university and I cut my hair off and I shaved my beard and got rid of my, all by one of my earrings. Um, they've all gone now. So there's, there's nothing under there.
0: But, so, you're, so you're fully old man yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm fully old man.
1: But, uh, but but when I took a run in the business seven years ago, I turned to the marketing manager at the time. And I just said to her, is there anything you think I should change? Because I was quite young for, to be the CEO at the time. All of this. <laughs> she, she just looked at you you look 12 is there a way to make you look older i was just like i think a beard makes me look older she went that's a really good idea i think that would make you look a bit more serious and i went okay so i came home to my wife who hated the idea of me having a beard yeah. whenever i had those little beards horrible i just said i've been told i need to do it for work and that was it so i did but the thing that annoys her about it she she actually quite likes my beard now but she just hates the fact that i pick at it and it's really irritating apparently um so there you go that, I, that's probably the things that people annoy about me. and i do like to remind people when i when i my wife probably says my worst trait is the fact that i do most of the cooking and boy does she know i do most of the cooking because i do remind her a lot i've got to oh be honest
0: God, you're insufferable. yeah
1: i know i know but this, you said at the end of this <laughs> you would tell me whether or not you would go for a drink with me you'd be my best friend or you would tell me to cough right so, yeah okay. i feel like i feel like ending on the eight mile challenge is heading in the wrong direction
0: yeah yeah okay i'd still go for a drink with you but i definitely would tell you to fuck off
1: okay that, 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 at the end of the night that's all right that to me is a good night if, if, <laughs> no. if, if we've got out we've got drunk and then you tell say i did off say, home, I, did
0: say to the, I did say to the client's zoom christmas meet thingy that i've just been on oh my god i can't meet up with you this year and tell someone to fuck off and they were like the night is young i was like no i've got to go <laughs> and they were like and you're gonna and i was like Say so fuck off for no <laughs> way. <laughs> they were like, oh my God, it's so awful, Denise. I was like, love you. Bye. Bye. No, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank as always, it's been amazing. As always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at info at find surveyors.co.uk. Okay. Catch you later. Bye. Say goodbye, Gary. Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.